Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. This is probably one of the biggest debates out there. Do you pre-rinse those dishes before you put them in the dishwasher? I always do. I'm just, I mean, this is what I do. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'm, that's the wrong thing to do. Why? I'm doing it because wrong. I'm double. You're not. Here's why. Dishwasher detergents that are sold have enzymes in them. And what okay. activates that enzyme? It's not the heat. It's food particles on your plate. It's Around the House. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. This is where we talk home improvement every single weekend. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a hot subject today to talk about, including your range. This is all about appliances this hour and taking care of that stuff around the house welcome to the show again caroline hey hey hello everybody how's your week been ah it's been it's been crazy i mean not crazy like your crazies but you're out of crazy just man you just keep taking the punches over there at your office yeah northeast where the northeast is taking the punch we had so much flooding in new jersey that it was out of control so yeah, and then, you know, I've been seeing some concerts, having fun there. I, know. I you. know, you. <laughs> saw Guns N' Roses a few weeks ago. That was pretty awesome. Went and saw the Seahawks play, and something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. We're like <laughs> Cheech and Chong over here. I'm like Cheech, and I've got nothing but problems, and I need to smoke dope all day because my life sucks, and he's running around like doing every fabulous thing you could imagine. Well, I'm out over on the West Coast where we could use the word up in smoke then because we've got our <laughs> oh fires. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're they're burning down. It's coming to them. Oh, man, it's been crazy. Well, I'm happy we're talking about appliances today because this is something that most, you know, most homeowners can really do themselves. This is DIY friendly stuff. And there's so many things. To, I mean, how many people out there know that every single one of their appliances requires some kind of maintenance to keep it going. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I've that's the this. key. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had to tear I mean, you messaged me and you've got this washer and dryer and a million pieces in the driveway of your office. I mean, that was hilarious. I completely went. I mean, I, I just knew I had to get into this unit. It had been flooded. So I'm like, I've got to look at the bottom of this unit to see if it you know, if the motor's intact, what happened, how much mud was in there from the water. So I went on and figured out how to open up the entire washer and dryer. I pulled it all apart, took all the outside out. And then you, <laughs> I took my dryer apart. All the pieces were on the ground in the driveway. It was a two day project. <laughs> it just keeps going. The gift that keeps it just keeps going. It just <laughs> keeps going. I mean, that's the bad part is that 
you had to tear that thing all apart just to try to save it. And you got lucky that you could actually save it because I yeah, wouldn't well, always recommend that to people when you had a flood that, that uh, many times those appliances can't be saved, but you got lucky there. Well, the pli- appliances were up on pallets to begin with and the water basically yep. went, you know, right about an inch or two into the unit. However, I want to talk about the dryer. Can we talk about dryers first, just because of the dryer experience? And Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive into dryers because this is a big one. This is a big fire hazard within your home. So go ahead. So upon taking the dryer apart, you've got your filter, you know, usually that that mm-hmm. filter that you can take in and out, right? We are all familiar with it. And we clean that. You need to clean that regularly. But under that, in this particular dryer, you kind of had a, a right angle elbow that goes down within the dryer that you can't see until you pull it apart. Well, this was packed with lint, Eric, like so thick. I mean, this dryer could have caught fire at any given moment. And so even though the pipe going out of the dryer, which we always talk about dryer vents and cleaning them, was clean, the inside filter was clean. You don't realize how much stuff gets packed around the turns and curves inside that dryer where you can't see it. And I pulled out thick, I mean, massively thick to the point that it clogged up the vacuum of lint in there. Wow. And that's just because you knew that you had some some moisture that got up in there and you were concerned about that, you know, causing some issues. You started to dive in just to do it a do a once over check to see if it got wet. And man, you pulled out basketball sized pieces of lint out of there. Right. And that wasn't from the water damage. That was just that oh. I had stumbled upon the problem because of the fact that I wanted to take the unit apart, which tells you what which Eric is saying is that all these appliances need to be serviced and they don't tell you to take it apart. And so you could easily have a dryer fire, you know, with, and especially if it was natural gas, this happened to be an electric dryer, but holy cow. I mean, I'm talking piles, like a shoebox full of lint just in a, in a, to give somebody the amount that it was, this thick stuff piled in there. So let's, let's talk about, let's break down the dryer here. One of the things that I always make sure that first off, like when you pull that dryer away and go, okay, I'm going to give this dryer a once over. First off, if you look back there and you see that white vinyl dryer duct, that is flammable. So that will actually, if you have a little fire, that will actually help a fire and it'll also trap lint. So never, ever use the white vinyl dryer duct with a dryer for right. any reason. Go get one of the metal ones because they metal. will do a lot better. The metal ones are much better and you want to keep that flux hose to as short as you can. If you have flex hose that goes back to the wall, maybe it's in the basement and it runs up the wall and outside. No, 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 no. That needs to be hard duct because you really can't clean that flex duct very well. You're going to pop a hole in it. it. So that needs to be metal duct going outside. You've got to change it regularly. Like ours, we can't do... the it's too hard, much hard duct. Like, I mean, because like in this case, it goes along the ground partially. So it would get wet Mm -hmm. constantly. So we do do the flex duct, but you have to change it. Like we change it probably every year. I mean, because it gets that clouded up with stuff. Yeah. So that works out, but most people don't. So I just want to see that, you know, if you can run it up the wall and outside, the more you can do with hard duct, because then you can get, you can go down to your home center and get one of the, the uh, cleaning kits you can put on the end of a drill and you can actually go through and clean and that clean dryer it. duct. And it, yeah. And what I do is, is I go through and clean it first. Like I'll get to the outside and I'll pop the little cover off. If there's one on there, one of the, you know, one of the rodent covers on it, I'll pop mm-hmm. that off and then get up in there with this little brush kit. And it works really well. So I'll clean it a little bit first. And then I go turn the dryer on air only with an empty dryer. 
that way while I'm cleaning it, it's blowing that out and it's blown it at me. So it really keeps, keeps it clean. And then you can go back and, and do that and it'll only go back so far, but be gentle with it. Kind of have an idea of how far, you know, how, what's the length of duct that you're trying to clean out and do that. And that's going to be a big, big difference. You should be doing that annually. If not, if you're having a professional do it, have it done every year or two. But uh, I see some people that say five years, that's way too much. You need to be doing that. You know, once a year is uh, is optimal because one saves you energy because of the, you're, you're not having it plugged up. So you can actually get your clothes drier and quicker if that's Time. clean and working correctly. And then also, if you, you know, really want to undertake a project, I mean, you can really pull that panel off. So if you're looking at your dryer, you can pull the front mm-hmm. panel comes off. There's little hooks underneath the top. Actually, you just stick a, a screwdriver in and you push the tabs back and the, the front will pop off and the top will pop up. And then you can see the drum inside and you can get underneath and you can look at what's going on and that door comes off. And that's where you can get to the internal part of the filter that you can't, that's packed, filled with all kinds of debris and, you know, lint and everything. And that's where the fire can happen. Yeah. Take a look on YouTube because that works good for the older style dryers, but you have to get a little more surgically involved if it's Mm -hmm. one of the front load style dryers that you have to do that because that top is, is designed to take the washer on, on, you know, from the, oh, yeah, yeah. the front controls. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are a little different style, but when in doubt, you can jump on YouTube. There's so many different appliance parts companies out there that actually have created this whole, that's a little good secret is that these appliance parts companies want to sell you parts. So they want it to be a DIY project. You type in your model number into YouTube. And many times there's a step-by-step way to do it inside. And that's awesome when you can do a step-by-step to get it through there. And somebody has got a video to show you how to do it. It makes it super easy to do. All yeah, right. When so we come just- back, you know, let's talk about washing machines when we come back, because uh, since those two are always side by side and related, let's do that. We'll do that just as soon as around the house returns. with Eric G and Caroline B, your home improvement source every weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hey, make sure you share this show out to everybody. All your friends, all your people out there that are DIYers or even want to become DIYers, we're here to help them. So uh, if you're listening to us on the radio, make sure you catch us there or you can catch the podcast anywhere you catch podcasts and you'll see us anywhere as the Around the House show. Caroline, welcome back into the studio. We've been talking appliances. Appliances are fun. Like if you want a project and you've got nothing to do, pull one outside on a beautiful day and get yourself a tan and take it apart because <laughs> you'll find a problem. That's what you've been doing. That's what you've <laughs> been doing. Well, we just got done talking about dryers and uh, dryers are super cool in that you can do so much in cleaning those things up and reduce that chance of fire. But washing machines are huge. Mm. And with so many people going into front load washing machines, did you know that there's a filter you have to change on almost every front load washing machine. No, where's this? You need, well, I have a top loader, so so I'm bad. Yeah. So you've got the old school. So the new ones, um, depending on what brand, but 
I'm going to say 90% of them have a filter there. And what this filter does is it protects the pump on the washing machine. So if you notice that you're like you run it, let's say you're going to load it up with towels or sheets and bedding and you go, man, it's just not drying out after the spin cycle like it used to. Hmm. That's because that little filter is plugged and you probably should be changing that and cleaning it out probably every six months to a year. And if you got little kids that don't or husbands or wives (laughs) that don't collect stuff out of their pockets, it's probably every 90 days. So what it is, is there's a, where is it located? uh, Okay. Depending on it's either lately machines, the, the manufacturers have been doing a great job of leaving a little access cover. But if you've got like a 10 year old, Machine, sometimes you have to pull the front cover off. Like I had a GE unit that had, uh, that was about uh, 15 years old. You had to take two screws out on the bottom panel below the door and that popped out. And then you had to make sure and get a little pan, like a, a, I would get like a sheet pan uh, out of your oven that was, Mm -hmm. you know, three quarters an inch tall. And I would unscrew that basically canister and it comes out and it and it collects all the change bobby pins anything that didn't <laughs> go through socks, into the pump motor. all the stuff that like you fall that goes in there and you know you're just missing stuff you come out you got one sock like where does it go yeah. does it go into this little filter there's that's the that's the question i think the dryer eats those but this is really just all that little stuff you know maybe you were working on a project and you put that little special screw in your pot on your pocket Nail. and said i Rings. know where it is and then you got done and you didn't put it back together and you put it in the laundry that's where that stuff ends up and so see that- eric has saved you guys like your treasures now you know where your diamond ring is when your husband said the diamond ring went in the wash it's in the wash that's probably nice. where it went you know and so it, it it gets snagged up there and so that's one of the biggest things and then afterwards you'll notice that man the dryer drains so much and washer drains so much better your clothes going into the dryer is so much drier it saves you so much energy so Make sure and do that probably every 90 days or so. Get that cleaned out because what happens is, is and especially you ladies out there, if you've got bobby pins, those bobby pins get caught in there and then anything lint gets caught up. It's almost like its own little lint trap. So anything that washed out of the clothes gets grabbed in the bobby pins and then that filter gets clogged up. So as soon as those bobby pins get in there, now it's grabbing hair and everything else. And it's like a clogged drain. It just starts to get clogged up. Nice, nasty. Now that's only on a front loader. Like, so I have a brand new Speed Queen top loader. That won't, that doesn't have it. No, it doesn't really happen. It's most of those, and I'm not sure if Speed Queen does or not, but most of those, there's a screen in front of that pump. So it's just, you're going to have to service it, take it apart. Mm-hmm. If there is, but usually, you know, what happens is on a top load washing machine like that, all that stuff just stays in the bottom of the drum down there. Right. It gets, the, and then you, you know? have to push down. I go crawling into the drum and I push the bottom down. There's like a little gap in there and you have to try to get out yep. the coins and nickels, whatever people exactly. throw in there. Yeah. So I just push down on that versus. Yeah. So that's what that, that's where that kind of is on that unit. Um, and then really keeping them clean is a key. And you know, that's the thing. If you look at a, a top load washing machine, you know, you have the inside and the outside drum, right? Right. So you've this got is key. The- wait, wait, hold on. Back up. People don't understand okay. this. I explain this to my clients every time I'm in a house. 
they're, they'll say, yep. well, I look in and my drum is stainless steel. That's the drum where your clothes are held. There's another drum underneath that. There's a two, it's, mm-hmm. it's a dual bucket system. Think about it for safety. If one sprung a leak or something, you would have something to catch underneath. So Eric will tell you, there's two drums in there. Well, the, the, on a top load machine, that drum has the inside drum where your clothes are have holes in it. Right. That's all there. And then the outside drum is where that's what holds the water from leaking. Now, the problem is, is you can't see that drum without disassembly. So I have taken to repair my own top load machines before. And it's always where that water level is. Most people run the water level at like one, like at, at, super capacity or large or whatever that top one is. And so that level there always has like this nasty scum line in there because that's where when it fills up all of your natural body oils, all that stuff ends up floating right on the top of the water detergents. It all sticks right there. And that gets to be the nasty moldy line on the inside of that on a top load machine. And so that's the tough part is, is I still think you should use cleaners on those, to get that so you actually get that layer cleaned out of there because that's how that gets kind of smelly and nasty. Where people complain about the front load machines is that they start smelling, like if you've got an older front load machine, and now I've been a purveyor of front load machines for almost 20 years. So I've had exclusively front load machines for 20 years in my house. And Eric and I will argue about this. Eric and I will argue. I I will go to the ends of the earth to argue for a top loader and he will argue for a front loader. And we both have, I think pretty good points on both. So I'll let him argue his, yeah. his, his front loader. <laughs> so the, 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 why, the reason why I like a front loader is like, for instance, in my LG unit that I have right here, it's a newer one. It has a steam clean. So it will steam clean the entire inside and sanitize the inside of both drums. Cause I've got, stainless steel drum in there and it's got two stainless steel drums on the inside and it actually steam cleans it. So that actually is killing everything on the inside. And then if I run like one of the tide cleaners through it or anything else like that, it'll even take it to the next step. Right. So there's enzyme cleaners that you have to use. And if you're using, um, so now where he's got two stainless steel drums, that's the key. That's what you want because traditionally in even front loaders and then I, I believe some, I mean, top loaders and then I believe some front loaders too there's a plastic drum under there. So you'll look in and you'll see this metal drum where your clothes go into the basket on a top loader, but underneath you've got this plastic. And that's what he's talking about when he's saying that the gunk gets trapped within that plastic around the outside where you can't clean it. It gets caked in there. And so when you take off the cover of the front of your top loader, you see this ring in the plastic. Like you can see it through the plastic. It's disgusting, people. Yeah, when we come back, let's finish up this conversation because we can't just wrap it up here on front load washing machines because <laughs> it's a much bigger debate than one segment. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hey, it's Eric G with Around the House. Are you looking to grow your business? Need a spokesperson for your company? Maybe an MC for an upcoming trade show? Or maybe you want to up your game and shoot some promotional videos? My team of experts would love to chat with you. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and fill out the contact us form, and we'll set something up. Thanks for listening to Around the House. You know two things only get better tonight, Hey, this is Farewell, Farewell Angelina. Angelina. And you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. Glass. 
with Eric G and Caroline B. We talk home improvement every weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hey, make sure you follow us over on Facebook. And that's the Around the House show over there. And you can catch everything that's been going on at the show, even some of our funny posts during the week, including our boot giveaway, which you can find over at AroundTheHouseOnline.com. You guys, the boots are awesome. I mean, awesome. They are hip and cool. It's a slip-on boot, especially for the ladies. The ladies can win. Men, It's men's, yep. women's, all unisex. And um, it's a slip-on, really great work boot. It's it looks almost like a cowboy boot, I would say, but not like, you know, it doesn't have the cowboy design, but it's that. Exactly. And that's from our friends over at What Tools Inside from last week's show. Oh, and also, you know what? You forgot to mention we have an Instagram. Oh, we do. That's right. Remember. Around the house show. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my Instagram page. It's the show's Instagram page, which we're building out. So it's just not the (laughs) Eric G posts. It's the. Eric G and Caroline B posts. So we've got that over there. And we're getting a lot of people. We're getting all these new people joining us and uh, a lot of uh, corporate yeah. people, corporate products, and then, of course, fans. So please join us. Look for us on Instagram. Our little cartoon characters are are, are summonsing you in. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we've been talking... <laughs> home appliances because you know there's a lot of maintenance you can need to do to these things to keep them working on top order and you know this is the the grand debate i think out of anything in the house well the next segment we'll have here as well but this is a big one here one of the big top ones front load machine versus top load washing machine and caroline and i are on different camps on this 100 percent. i think we agree though you need to get a unit and i a top loader is only good if it's got a stainless steel tub on the inside and a stainless steel outer tub. And that's the same with the front loader. Would you agree? We're both in cahoots on that one. Yeah, we're in that same. Yeah, we're in the same thing. So remember, everyone, two drums. There's two drums in there, not just the drum you look into when you look in to put your laundry in the basket. That's one drum. But then underneath, there's another basket underneath that that you can't see that can get all funky, especially, especially if it's plastic. Now, I will make a prediction here. I would bet in a year from now, we will see an announcement from Energy Star that will eliminate the sale of top load washing machines. I think that is our next our next hurdle that you're going to see out there is that they were going to do it here and we don't get into politics on this show, but the previous administration had stopped that from starting to happen. They were getting ready to do that, uh, you know, like three and a half years ago. And I think with the current administration, we will see those energy star things come back. They've already backed off the one that was on the, the, uh, the dishwasher. And uh, we'll debate that one here in a little bit, but that is the, uh, that one got backed off. So I think in the next year, we will see a formal announcement from energy star that they are going to make those standards where you can't sell a brand new top load washing machine. So if you're a fan of top loads, make sure you go out and get the good one you're going to have because they'll still sell parts. But there's going to be get to a point there where you probably won't be able to do that. They did that in Europe 20 years ago. That's why the U.S. is one of the only places that you can get a top load now, washing machine. Now, the issue, right? So when we talk zero energy and we talk energy efficiency, we lose things. We know we lose it in building and we lose things in appliances. And one of the biggest factors is from an allergy standpoint If that washer is not getting up over 140 degrees in temperature, you will not kill dust mites. You will not kill mold. Yep. 
you will not kill, get rid of proteins and your clothing becomes less sanitized. So that is a huge issue. That temperature in your washer and how you do this is you take a meat thermometer and when that water is coming out. Now, I don't know how you do this on a front loader, so I'd be interested to know. But on a top loader, you can run, take your meat thermometer underneath the water coming out. If it's not reaching 140 degrees, you either have to go over to the water heater and increase the temp. Because what they did is they kind of put a, I guess it's an energy efficient um, system on the, the top loader, Eric, where they don't let it get that hot. And so that's not reaching that mm-hmm. sanitized point. So, but then you've got to worry about if you have kids and stuff with the water coming out of the tap. Okay? Correct. So we get that, but you need to have that water up in the washer at 140. So what would you say, how can you test it on a front loader? Can you test that water temp is our way to do it? I would test it on the drain cycle. I'd go back and uh, I'd pull the machine out, run it through. And when it goes to drain, I would put a thermometer and test the water coming out of the unit to see how cold or hot yeah, that is. That's good. And that way you kind of have an idea what it is now. I've got a washing machine that has a heating element on the inside. So that also takes care of that, that if it uh, has cool, too cool of water for a hot mm-hmm. cycle, it will actually heat the water up to that. So it's safer for the kids and it'll actually heat the water up to, uh, to get to that warmer temperature. So you don't have to set your, your water heater to that 140 degrees if you've got kids in the house. So it's kind of the Is best it of both heating worlds. it though, because of energy efficiency, they may not be getting it up to 140. 140 is the sanitizing temp that you need to clean your bedding, dust mites, all that stuff, right? That doesn't mean that the washing machine companies or Energy Star is agreeing with that, right? That's what we know from yeah. as a microbiologist, what the what the temp needs to be. I believe mine is because it's an NSF cycle okay. on mine. So I'm going to assume since it's got that NSF rating on it that it's going to get you up to that thing like and the washer, tell, like and the tell people what that means do, so know. if they don't know what it is. Yeah, so that's the National Sanitation Foundation. You first saw that on dishwashers, where you would see that NSF cycle. So when you went through the dishwasher in the the final rinse, it would get that water up above 140 degrees. It would heat the water in the unit and run it for a certain period of time to sanitize everything inside of that. This has that function as well. A lot of the new washing machines that are front loaders have that because they've actually put a heating element inside. Is it that efficient? Well, you know, you're using 110 to heat, you know, electricity to heat it. So it's not the most efficient heat, but you're only trying to change that water 10 or 15 or 20 degrees. So it's not a a huge difference, kind of like your coffee maker. You're not trying to heat a ton of water but it does do it. And so that's one way to look at it. So we've got to have the temp up high enough in these units to sanitize because that's important. You also want to make sure stainless steel, no plastics, because the plastics will hold on to mold, debris, growth, bacteria, all that starts to grow on that inner tub if it's not stainless steel. Um, Exactly. And then, so agitator versus non-agitator. So tell them, you know, I'm from that old school where I feel like the agitator allows things to kind of it, it beats up your clothes, right? And that's what Eric and I were saying. If you put a shirt in, you'll get four years out of it in a front loader versus a top loader with an agitator. But I feel like the agitator kind of you know, stimulates the dirt and stuff a little bit better and gives you a, a deeper clean. It does. I did a test a number of years ago, and we're going to have to go out to break here in about a minute. But here's the thing. I did a test where we took brand new towels from Target. We actually went down to Target and we ran uh, a brand new, we had a brand new front load machine, a brand new, brand new top load machine. This was probably 15 years ago. And we ran it through and then measured how much lint Hmm. came out on the backside. And you think about lint is your clothes. That is the stuff that is the fibers coming out of your clothes from the wash cycle. And we had about four times as much lint come out of the top load Hmm. machine 
versus the front load machine. And that was just how much fabric got taken out of the product there. So if you've got a handful of lint, just think about that. That's a handful of clothes that your machine actually did. So you got to watch that lint. That's your expensive clothing going out through the dryer. So, so, but the fact is then you can also flip it around and say, Hey, but it's also beating whatever nasty proteins, dog hair, dander out of your clothes too. Right. So it's probably like a catch 22. It's like, do you want to beat up your clothes and have less chemicals, less stuff in your clothes? Or do you want to have clothes and maybe potentially have more allergens? But if you're using the sanitize cycle, like you have where you've got steam, yep, that could cut it. I, I could, I can go there with you. Yeah, so that's the key right there. All right, when we come back, we're going to dive into dishwasher maintenance and a little bit of vacuums. But here's the thing. Do you pre-scrub and pre-clean those dishes before they go in the dishwasher? We'll solve that one for you just as soon as Around the House returns. Today's indoor air quality tip is brought to you by Pyramid Heating and Cooling and PyramidHeating.com. Gas and electric cooktops and ranges can add more indoor air pollution to your home than any other item. Your range hood needs to be correctly vented all the way outside of your home. Make sure it's not vented into the attic as that can create more mold and pollution issues. The recirculating hoods don't do a great job of removing those pollutants and moisture from your air. You want that all vented outside. When you're cooking, make sure you're using the hood to get all that bad air outside your kitchen. If you have a larger hood over 400 cubic feet per minute, make sure you have makeup air to replace that air. An open window can be helped, but there's nothing more efficient and helpful than a great functioning range hood. To thrive in the great indoors, visit PyramidHeating.com. Oregon CCB 59382. Make sure and tell them Eric G sent you, because they work on my house. That's PyramidHeating.com. with Eric G and Caroline B, your home improvement source every weekend. Hey, Caroline. Eric G. All right. We've been debating out appliances and those maintenance (laughs) tips, and we'll get to dishwashers here in a second, but (laughs) did you know that you can adjust the temperature on your oven and that it might not be cooking? Let's say you go out and get that take and bake pizza and you set it at 425. Have you tested to see if it's actually 425? Love that take and bake. That's like, is that a is that a Oregon thing? I've never heard that take and oh, bake. Oh, you've never heard that? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So have you heard you've heard of Papa Murphy's Pizza, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're a chain from here. Right. Yeah. So they're based. They were based out of. They were founded here in in the Portland, Oregon area in Vancouver, Washington, right across the river. So they they call it take and bake. So <laughs> very different from Cheech and Chong, which is just bake. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So anyway, when you come down to the oven, I always recommend people, especially if you're moving into a place or even if you get a new one, take that oven thermometer, meat thermometer. If you've got one of the digital ones for barbecuing, even better, because you can have Mm. a couple probes and set it in there in the middle of the rack. 
and then turn it on, set it to like 425 or 400 and let it get to temp. And then you can see. So I did this for a TV segment two, three years ago. Hmm. I was shocked. My oven was off by 45 degrees. Mine is now. Cause when I cook cookies, I'm like looking at this thing and I'm like, why now Eric's going to teach me how to do it. Cause I didn't even know that you could yeah, do it. So I looked at it. Now here's the thing. You normally are going to see like a 30 or 40 degree swing in temperature in an oven. That thermostat, you're going to see if it's at 425, you'll see it at 390 all the way up and back and down. You'll see this big swing. That is natural, but you're trying to find that median temperature where it levels off at. And so, Wait, so what do you mean? So if you have it set at 425, yeah. wh- where's the swing happening? You mean it's just as it's heating and uh, heating up and then cooling down and heating up and it, you're going to see a swing in that temperature. You're going to see a swing talking? because let's say you open the door up and look at it. Go, okay. We need a little bit more. <laughs> Me. It, I'm guilty. Ding. Every yeah, time the so now it's, <laughs> yeah, no, that, now it's at 380, right? Even if you have it right. fully adjusted, you might see it. It might heat all the way up to, 430, 440, and come back down again. And that heating element might not turn back on below 400. It might turn on at 390. So Mm -hmm. you will see that swing in temperature. That is a normal range. So make sure that you're not, you know, don't get hung up on that. But if you've got a digital, go online, take a look at your model number. Many times, if you have that digital display where you have the clock where you're pushing the little buttons on it Mm -hmm. and you're adjusting the temperature with that, you can usually like, for instance, on some of the GE models, you push down on the up and up and lower temperature buttons at the same time for a few seconds, and yeah. then you can adjust what that is. So it'll give you a plus and minus temperature. If you have the old school dial where you turn that dial to like 425 or 400 or 350, pull mm-hmm. the knob off. Many times there's a little screw back there where you can adjust that. So you can adjust that. And so then you can put it back on. So there's multiple ways to adjust it. But then when you get it dialed in, keep in mind, all of your cooking times in your head that you've been cooking with is now going to be different. Because if you go, oh, yeah, I always put my cookies in for 32 minutes because my oven's off. Off, right. Now you got to go back to learning that oven again. It's like you moved in and have a brand new oven. So be careful with that. What are you resetting, Eric? Are you resetting? So you're resetting that fluctuation. So it's less or you're raising the temperature. You're adjusting the temperature upper and lower of where that median temperature is. So you'll notice that it kind of levels off and you go, okay, that, that oven is now at 390. Well, I want that to level off at 425 because that's where the thermometer on the adjustment for the dial or where that number is. So you're adjusting what that median temperature lands at to make sure it's even with the display. That way you're cooking at the right temperature. Fascinating. The things you learn on around the house, brother. You got it. Oh my God. That is like, you just saved like every woman in America, like (laughs) cookie time. (laughs) Hey, now there's plenty of dudes out there that are cooking too. Yes. 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 I'm sorry. You're right. I take that back. Any person making cookies. Yeah. But I was speaking for, for me there. Yeah, there we go. So, and then the other one that's interesting too, and this is a grand debate that I want to jump into this one's pretty crazy. Do you, this is a one, probably one of the, besides the, the washing machine, this is probably one of the biggest debates out there. Do you pre-rinse those dishes before you put them in the dishwasher? I always do. I'm just, I mean, this is what I do. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, that's the wrong thing to do. Why? I'm doing it because wrong. Because double- you're not. Here's why. 
dishwasher detergents that are sold have enzymes in them. And what okay. activates that enzyme? It's not the heat. It's food particles on your plate. Okay. So when you put in, if you pre-rinse those dishes and you put the soap in there to run the cycle, that soap goes clean dishes, no need to activate. We're just going to chill out. We're not going to do any cleaning. There might be some detergents that work, but the heavy duty cleaners that are in that don't work because you pre-rinse the dishes. You want to scrape the dishes and get the stuff off and then put them in the dishwasher. And so you have those food particles because here's what happens. And especially in today's dishwashers, first off, you have the enzymes. So you've got to have that food in there for them to eat on it. So they go, oh, cool. Party time. Hmm. Let's eat. (laughs) Second of all, many of the dishwashers to run through the cycle, they have an energy-saving electric eye in the in the water cycle. So before the pump or after the pump. Exactly. Yeah. You've got Lewis all over in our dishwasher. Haunted. This is measuring, this is measuring how many food particles are in this. So if it it's sensing the dirt in the water. And it Hmm. goes, oh, we need to, for energy efficiency, we're going to cut this back or we're going to let the cycle run longer. So if you've pre-rinsed them, you're automatically making it run on the minimum cycle while you're not running with the, right? It's So you're you're actually cutting back the cleaning ability. The eye doesn't see any dirt, so it doesn't come on. The secret eye. <laughs> so that's the thing. So you're actually doing two things to make your dishes dirtier by pre-rinsing and when the system inside that thing goes, "Oh, the dishes are clean. We need to stop rinsing and running through the cycles. We're going to cut it back because the dishes are already clean." So you're actually cutting it and every time you hand wash dishes, most of the time when you pre-rinse off, you're actually using more water to rinse that off than the entire cycle of the dishwasher. So if you don't them. do the least amount of effort possible. Make sure to just throw them in there. Just take off the big meat chunks. <laughs> exactly. That's the Be key. Lazy. Yeah. Lazy. So you're actually just, you know, take the chunks off the top, scrape it <laughs> off in there and let it run through there. And you'll actually have cleaner dishes. And I, I actually run mine through a sanitized function at the end too, because my dishwasher has that. Of NSF course rating. you do, because you're like Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. <laughs> yeah, I like to have it clean that <laughs> he way. He sanitizes. Way. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. He sanitizes his laundry. He sanitizes his body because he's got a steam shower, and he sanitizes his dishes. He's ultra clean. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got way too much hair for Mr. Clean though, so that doesn't work. <laughs> no wait, shame, Ted, and that? I got a beard, so. <laughs> How about that dish detergent? So what, like, are all of them, like I use an eco-friendly, right? Obviously I use things like Ecos or I use seventh generation or the tablets. Are they working under the same enzyme system? Does anybody know? Maybe somebody Yeah, because they used to use phosphates. They used to have phosphates until they got rid of all those phosphates because those were horrible for the earth, right? Yeah. Those phosphates were what cleaned the dishes. And so they all switched over to some kind of enzyme. Because hmm. if you use too much of a detergent in there, then you got the the foamy, sudsy mess. So I believe that almost every one of these detergents out there use some kind of enzyme. And again, I don't know the 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 clean, you know, green stuff as well, because I just use the Costco brand myself. So I just I do my thing with the Costco brand. Yeah. 
So I, I'd be interested to know, but I, I think you're probably right. There probably is some type of enzyme that's responsible, you know, because it makes sense that they did take the chemicals out. Yeah. And so we that can enzyme find that out. I'm sure some of our that. listeners will write in. So anybody who's familiar with definitely like laundry detergent, I mean, dishwashing detergents, maybe, you know, we'd like to hear from you. Caroline wants some more fan mails, which she said. I do. (laughs) Fan mail, fan mail. Fan mail. That's it right there. What's our email? Give our email away so people can write to Actually, us. Actually, no, let's just send them over to the page, uh, you know, at aroundthehouseonline.com. We have that contact us page over there, and that goes right into our email box. So that's the easy one. Just head over to aroundthehouseonline.com where you can sign up for the boot giveaway and send us a <laughs> message. Sexy. All right. Now, that is all the time we got for this week. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around, Around the House. house. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.